Lead Time is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective, hosted by Tim Allman and Jack Caliber. The ULC envisions a future in which all congregations fully equip the priesthood of all believers through world-class leadership development at the local level. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real-time struggles facing the local church in a post-Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. Tim Allman here. Jack Kalberg is tending to his wife, uh, praying for you, Marta. But today, wherever you're at, wherever you're hanging out today, whether it's getting ready for your day, hopefully you're getting your stretch on, your water on, you're maybe in the car heading to your vocation, whatever it happens to be. Uh, we pray that the joy of the Lord is your strength as we learn today with Brady Barron. Yes, if that name sounds, the last name sounds familiar, he is the brother the better looking. Are you older or younger than Joe Barron, our partner? I forget where you are in birth I order. I am older, but not as good looking. All right. <laughs> yeah, I beg to differ, man. You're a, you're a beast. You're a stallion. And shout out to Joe Barron as as well. So Brady has a passion for life. He has a, a crazy wit, a sense of humor. You're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, but Brady We're has a, a lot of fun today. Forgive me for interrupting you. No, yes, that's a fact. Uh, Brady almost lost his life after suffering a second impact concussion in a high school football game. How many years ago is that now, Brady? 2004, uh, going on 19. About so yeah, I'm an old man. Yeah. Yep, Brady has a lo- had a long road to recovery after five weeks in a coma, uh, a severe stroke, and multiple other complications. I'm going to let him share a little bit of that story as we begin. But Brady now is living the life, married to a called Lutheran a school teacher. He and his wife, Amber, uh, they have an almost four-year-old daughter, Eliana. And uh, there will be a quiz at the end uh, to see if you know, this is what Brady says about himself, what Eliana means in Hebrew. Brady, it's such an honor to hang out with you today. So tell a little bit of your story and uh, what the Lord taught you specifically through through suffering. Thanks for hanging, buddy. Uh, it's know that it's my honor to be here, uh, everyone. Pastor Tim, I want to thank you for this invite to be here. So in uh, I was a junior in high school. Uh, we were playing Crosstown Rivals. It was like Bears versus the Packers. And uh, third quarter of the game... <laughs> Sam, it's my time to shine. Mm-hmm. Mute yourself yeah, next you time. It. You got it. Um, forgive me. Uh, right. I was going to say block someone over here. In third quarter of the game, I got a helmet-to-helmet collision with an opposing player on a kickoff return. I was really slow to get up and walk off to the sidelines. So a coach, special teams coach, uh, walked me to the sidelines. And when I spoke with him 10 or more years later, he said I was the longest walk he's ever had. I get to the sidelines um, and I proceed to collapse. I was unconscious and unresponsive. So they stopped the game. They called an ambulance to come uh, pick me up to take me to the trauma center. Uh, The ambulance loads me up uh, in the back and my mom is riding shotgun. They take me to Brian West uh, trauma center and they do a scan of my brain and they saw there's a lot of bleeding up there. So I know that they need to do immediate surgery to stop the bleeding. And the neurosurgeon, you know, tells my parents that I'm going to need immediate surgery. And my parents asked the doctor, you know, is our son going to make it tonight? And the doctor says, I don't know. We got to get up there immediately though. 
Um, so they get up there and they, they find that the middle blood vessel is about the size of your pinky finger that runs through the center of your brain blood vessel had burst. So I was SOL or sorry, out of luck. I had less than a 5% chance of making it through surgery that night. Doctor had done this type of operation three times before. None of those patients made it beforehand. And it was his first night on call that night at the hospital. Things in the OR were not looking good. They're going to come out to my parents. I was going to make it through surgery. And right around that time, the football game got over. And it started with fans and others. Went to the center football field, knelt down a circle and prayed. And I know all glory be to God, those prayers and his grace saved my life that night. But to make a long, 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 long story very short, they put me in a drug news coma for the weekend so I could recover from surgery. That Monday, they took me off the coma medicine and tell my parent, told my parents I should be waking up in 8 to 10 hours. Uh, 12 hours later, I didn't move a muscle, didn't wink an eye, um, didn't do anything. So my mom asked the nurse, you know, what's going on? Why isn't our boy waking up? And the nurse says, I don't know, this isn't good. I didn't proceed to wake up for five weeks. And during that time period, I had a stroke, pneumonia, and feeding tube difficulties that uh, should have killed me. I woke up five weeks later, unable to walk, talk, read, and eat. But to all glory be to God, I was able uh, to start walking with the assistance of five people. Then a couple months later, I was able to walk out of the hospital uh, with just only one person helped me walk and reading in a kindergarten level. And then just went to therapy every weekday. Then uh, fourth quarter, my junior year, I'm reading at a third grade level and I go back to take two classes and then senior year, take a full schedule that summer instead of, you know, weight training for soccer and football season. And such, I was in the therapy gym working, hmm. relearning, walk, talk, read and eat. And, um, there, then that, uh, fall I would go to school, then go to therapy and then, I eventually was able to graduate my high school class, which I didn't think I was going to be able to do because they weren't going to count the time I spent at Madonna as school time. Um, and that's a long story that I don't want to exactly get into. But uh, then they were really surprised when they found out that I could go to community college. And mm -hmm. while I was in community college, I was regularly attending church with uh, my brother, Joe. And... This cute girl comes up and introduces herself and says, hi, my name is Amber. What's your name? And I'm like, mm -hmm. ooh, nice to meet you, Amber. My name is Brady. <laughs> um, so I uh, share my story with her. And then the second time I meet her, I give her my business card. Uh, second time I see her in church that next Sunday, I give her my business card and tell her to call me. And she says, call you. You know, I don't have your number. I'm like, wow, you're definitely book smart but people smart and I might be your thing and I let her know that it's right there on the front and yeah. so I was able to eventually graduate from community college then I was able to go on to University of Nebraska Lincoln and graduate from there with my uh, bachelor's degree uh, then I asked Amber to marry me she thankfully said yes and been working different full-time jobs ever since when you, it's an amazing story. You've, you've been able to share that story in so many different contexts. I mean, the, the story is really shaped into quite a wide reaching ministry. And, and you just told me before we hit play that, that you were, 
kind of are well known in in the Lincoln area because you shared that story uh, so consistently. Tell a little bit of that story of of how the story shaped so many others. Uh, just how do I put this? I was well known because it was widely covered in the paper and other media. Um, I, I was at Madonna Rehabilitation Hospital, which was made long before the singer songwriter was ever born. And, uh, it's one of the best rehab hospitals in the nation. And I would drive, we would drive by it every Sunday going to church, uh, my family and I, and I didn't even know it was there. Hmm. And until I kept myself in the high school football game after I suffered a first concussion, cause we were playing cross town rivals. I didn't know that that place was going to be where I, you know, relearned life. Um, hmm. what was the question again? Tim, forgive me. No, just, no, you're good, Brady, that you got to start to share the story in different contexts at schools and different, yeah. different ministry opportunities. Talk about the the reach of the story. And even if you would, how, how you were able to share your faith and trust in Jesus through, through the story. I know without the power of prayer, I wouldn't be here. And I was and actually invited to the high school that we were playing against, uh, they were just going to share my story and I was going to do, uh, you know, two minute high prayer is powerful. I forget what event it was, but the motivational speaker that was the main speaker was the name Aaron Davis. And boy, did he know how to get that crowd riled up. He was a, <laughs> uh, Husker football player, won the national championship with them in 1994. And afterwards he comes up to me and he gives me my business card and me and a lot of the high school students, I was in college at this point, but me and a lot of the high school students actually almost broke the gym floor because when he was just so motivating and everything, our jaws dropped that hard, just <laughs> uh, joking around, of course. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, he yeah. came up to me afterwards. And of course, I'm like, you're approaching me. Do you know how big a deal you are? You're almost as big a deal as Pastor Tim Allman. <laughs> <You're so full. laughs> uh, you have no yeah. idea how full of it I am. You need to talk to my family more. Um, but he gives me his business card and he's like, Brady, you have a story that you need to share. And he's helped me, you know, improve or share my story and still in contact with him today, even though we live a couple states away and uh, hoping knock on titanium to get my book published uh, this next year. So we'll see how that goes. Praise God. I love it. I love it. So a lot of people think of, we spend all of our life, Brady, let's take it up above a little bit. We spend all of our life um, resisting pain and suffering. When we, we know we have this nihilistic sense, and I believe it's, it is from God, that we are mortal and life is very, very frail and, and fragile. And sometimes, you know, it happens in an instant and in an accident. And, and then at the very same time, it's still, we're still frail in our later years as well. Death is always the unwanted enemy that we work so hard to fight against. And I would make the case that it's only, if we're really honest, it's only because we know the crucified and risen one, Jesus, or better yet, he knows us. He claims us He's that we can us. have... He's called us, claimed us in the waters of baptism, right? It, it, only through Christ that we can have 
joy, I rejoice in my suffering, Romans 5, we can have joy in and through suffering. And I, but it's not a simple thing. So tell a little bit of the story of the ebb and flow of emotions uh, for you and, and how the Lord kind of held you together in hope and joy, Brady. Yeah. So ever since I came out of my coma, I was just really positive. You know, I didn't know how to walk. It wasn't able to feed myself, but I knew I was I would, how do I put this? I didn't know I was positive. I was just like, I would wake up and say, you know, today's going to be a great day. And my mom, you know, was waking up and thinking, is this Groundhog Day again? I have to drive my 17-year-old to therapy who I had hopes of him being a college athlete and eventually going on to graduate school because he was really intelligent. And now he's barely able to read signs on the, that we, you know, drive past uh and such and he needs assistance with this that and everything else and then i would look at my mom while we were driving that fall uh while she was driving me here there and everywhere uh a year after and i'm like mom have you ever noticed how beautiful the trees are in the fall and she looks at me dead in the eye and says you know brady do you know do you realize that you would have never slowed down to realize that um but i just realized that every day is a great awesome wonderful and blessed day uh, to not only, you know, love on one another and serve one another, but most more importantly, love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind and strength and put all the glory, praise, and honor on him. So I'm getting long-winded, but it's just, I think God just put an attitude in me that showed me that every day is a great, awesome, wonderful, spectacular day to be alive. And that every day is just a huge, tremendous blessing uh, to serve our neighbor and more importantly, serve the Lord in and with and everything we do. Oh, so, so true, man. Did you have moments and still do you have moments? Because I'm a pretty, we, we can oh, relate right. in this. I forgot, to, I forgot to say the second part of that story. So my yeah. senior year of school, I go back. I was a gifted athlete. I was planning on, uh, before my injury, going to play soccer at Creighton University because they were really interested in me being a goalie. Because uh, the first reason I signed up to be goalie is less um, training, you know, less running. I could just stand there, <laughs> look pretty, you know, pick the flowers. And then when they're coming over at me, uh, catch the ball and make an outstanding save and be like, yeah, no big deal. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, I found out my coach had other ideas now where I would have to hold the goalie net above my head and then run up and down the hill. Anywho, uh, (laughs) that senior, my senior year, um, I went back to school and would be on the, uh, be in the stands with other fans and other students, uh, watching, uh, Friday night football and my team would just get crushed. Uh, injuries, you know, got the best of us and everything. And, uh, I don't want to say if I was on the field, we, the outcome would have been different, but I would have played my heart out. Like I did, you know, every time I put on, stepped on the pitcher on the field and such, and I would just go home a lot of Friday nights and just cry, honestly, just weep. Uh, because I was so sad, just so disheartened that I wasn't able to be out there on the field with my, uh, you know, brothers, with my friends, with my classmates. 
and then um, discovered a song by Audio Adrenaline, uh, Big House, where, you know, it's my father's house. There's a big, big uh, table with lots and lots of food and a big, big yard where we can play football. So <laughs> that, that song really inspired me. And I know that I'll be playing football again, but hopefully not anytime soon because mm-hmm. I want to continue to serve the church, serve the Lord, but and serve my family. Man, I love it. What do you tell folks that say, you know, you, you shouldn't probably do sports. You can get concussions actually in soccer too and things. And, and, you know, football is, is dangerous. My, my son actually broke his collarbone this year going after a, no, yeah, it was halfway through, but um, he's, he's recovered now and, and, yeah, he's good. It's good. And he's playing basketball and, and moving on, you know, uh, and, and a lot of, a lot of folks have actually looked down. I got some golfing buddies who actually looked down on me for allowing my son to play football. I, it taught me a lot. I played at Concordia Seward, um, back in the day was a high school quarterback and the like, and remember those moments of like immense vulnerability and even, even fear. I was pretty, I was pretty fast, but man, the guys were bigger than me. So I had to be, I had to be fast. And, and so, yeah, what do you say to someone who says you shouldn't do football and maybe, maybe some other sports that are too, too risky, especially given the accident, Brady? We, uh, first of all, I want to say we can't live in fear and where we were in 2004 is a lot different than where we are in 2023. Um, while I was in college, uh, some people from Madonna came and approached me and said, Hey, would you be willing to testify for this bill, LB 260 in Nebraska, where it's concussion awareness bill, where you take a concussion test before the season starts. And then during the season practice or game, if you're diagnosed with a concussion, you're taken out immediately. Cause what happened was, is I had a concussion earlier that game, but our star quarterback, was also out with a concussion. And before I left in the ambulance, he was trying, they took his helmet away. The trainer says, you're out, you have a concussion, you can't go back in. And he was trying to borrow teammates' helmets to get back in the game. And then when he saw me leave that, you know, third quarter in the back of an ambulance, uh, unresponsive, uh, his behavior stopped and he kept himself out of the game. But just concussion awareness uh, can be huge. You know, I'm sorry to hear about your son and his collarbone, uh, but he loves the game, correct? Just like you did. That's right. Yep. And if we can't live in fear and we got to realize that the technologies that are out there um, and just the steps and the processes are making the game safer. And yeah. So let's, let's talk parenting you got a sweet little eliana there there's really only two parenting choices it's and this is maybe an overgeneralization it's maybe somewhere in between here That's what pastors but we do a lot overgeneralize we maybe maybe so brady uh <laughs> but on I'm the one hand no 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 i poke away so on the one hand you you bubble wrap or on the other hand you make the child resilient and probably the middle point there is you keep the fragile child safe 
up to a certain point and then you, and this is where wisdom comes in, right? And then you release them to the Lord and (laughs) and to the world. I was right behind, I was right behind my daughter, like no joke, come in here. She's driving now, right? She's, she's uh, 16 and she's making a left-hand turn onto a busy street. And there was this parent heart behind me that was like, oh, because I saw her take her foot off and I was like, oh no, don't go right there. <laughs> that kind of a thing. So it's, it's and off she, off she went, she made a good choice and then made a good left-hand turn. And, and I released her to the Lord and to her, her school and teachers and friends. But yeah, that is, that is life is learning to just kind of release control to the God who holds you and all things in the palm of his hands and good parenting is the appropriate release of, of the child as they grow in wisdom and, and stature and, and knowledge, hopefully of the Lord who holds them together. So any comment on that kind of middle way of, of safety and then release? Yeah. Just trusting in the Lord um, in all things, uh, but also uh, putting, putting correct and appropriate boundaries on. Um, because you ever heard of YouTube? Oh, wait, it's one, <laughs> it's one of the ways, uh, his podcast is put out there. Forgive me for yeah, my ignorance. Right. No, um, I love it pretty. <laughs> because a lot of times, uh, you know, we're addicted. Uh, a lot of us are addicted to our phones. Um, sorry, mine's in my pocket. And, uh, but a lot of times, uh, my daughter, you know, asks for YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, we can do YouTube. But when the timer goes off, you're done. And then, uh, but we also need to teach appropriate, you know, make sure that they're watching appropriate shows and everything. And something that has just brought immense, immense joy to me this week and last week is um, my daughter singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I'm off key off tone. I know I'm not going to be a part of your praise band at your church or any other church. It's not audition time, but just hearing my three soon to be four-year-old daughter singing, Jesus loves me. And yesterday she was so psyched and then forgive me, Lord, for not knowing the second verse of that song, Mm -hmm. but she knew the second verse by heart. And she's like, dad, 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 listen, listen. And Mm -hmm. she sang the second verse and I'm like, ah, praise Jesus for, you know, the, uh, praise Jesus for her bride uh, mm-hmm. and the Lutheran church and Lutheran daycares and Lutheran schools that are, you know, raising up uh, more leaders to help out and help water and yeah. plant seeds. Well, God does the planting, but water the seeds of faith that are out there. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the Lutheran church and this yeah. podcast from time to time. I can get a little ornery uh, with the family, which is the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and try to do so with respect and and care. Um, But I believe there needs to be adaptation as we love and care for one another in the family as we seek to reach uh, an ever-increasingly secular world. Uh, But what do you think are the best parts of being a a member of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, Brady? The consistency of it um, and just the foundation that we have um, and, you know, we, we know as Lutheran believers, what is God's word? What is, uh, the Bible? Forgive me. I mix that up. The Bible is, you know, the word of God, God's word. um, spoken by the Holy spirit, you know, and such. And we, can you ask a question again? Sorry. 
No, yeah. Are there any other things you love about being a part of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod? Just, you, just you, the consistency yeah. of it and the foundation of it. And also yeah. the love that the Lutheran Church, well, not only the Lutheran Church, but the Catholic Church and so many other church bodies uh, put out to my family uh, during mm. my injury. People, mm. you know, would just stop by with meals and Joe had to grow up really quick. And mm. uh, because, you know, my two older brothers uh, were busy doing this and that. My parents were taking care of me, driving me to this appointment or staying with me through this and that. And Joe, you know, would hear the knocker ring on the door and, you know, mm. take the food, take the envelope from people's hands and say, thanks, you know, appreciate yeah. your care. And that amazing. And when bad things happen, people know what to do. Uh, that's why people, mm. you know, even people that had never prayed before went down on the football field that night and prayed. And yeah, it's, you know, adversity, like you talked about what to do and uh, how do I put this? One of the questions is, you know, through suffering and everything, what can we do? And we just need to trust and uh, show that we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. What's compelling to you about Jesus? What isn't compelling about Jesus? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I love how tender he is, but I also like how confrontational he can be. Uh, that's a buzzword uh, confrontation. And I know you, uh, pastor Tim, I've never been confrontational <laughs> once. Uh, no, not too often. Yes. But he does uh, confront. Talk about Jesus. How does, how does Jesus confront you and, and us consistently? Brady? Well, um, I, he, he can, well, I was just thinking about confrontational when, you know, he was, you know, flipping tables when they were, you know, selling things in God's house. And you probably know the story better than I do, but how he confronts us is, you know, challenges us and he he challenges us and encourages us to not only get in his word uh but also as it says in his word pray without ceasing mm -hmm. just have a continual prayer throughout god um each you know throughout every moment and every day just uh lord you know help me with this help me with that and just help me strengthen my trust uh so i can be like peter and walk on water, but help me mm. not look down, especially when the wind blows, because we know if we, mm. we know, uh, Christ Jesus, if we take our eyes off of you, uh, that's when we start sinking. Uh, yes. He's the defining principle that holds us and all things together. He, he is the logos, the, the logic, the only means by which this world makes any sense. And our role in the world has any semblance of purpose and, and meaning. meaning. And yep. today, today people are are struggling. There's a crisis They're of hurting. meaning, especially in in our young people uh, today. So talk about how your identity in Jesus, uh, Brady, shapes uh, a life of meaning. A lot of times, not only are trying to try and find purpose, a lot of people, but just you know, trying to find meaning. You know, what am I doing on this earth? Um, as one of the wisest people said in the Bible, everything is meaningless, but we know that we have meaning in our Christian identity and 
preaching Christ crucified, but not only Christ crucified, you know, Christ resurrected um, and just putting our hope in that, uh, trying to be like the women that, you know, when they visited the tomb uh, said, you know, he's resurrected, like he said, and, and yeah, there's so much, you know, it's just, there's so much and yeah, just trying to be what God has called us to be. The resurrection of Jesus is stunning and the resurrection reality, the hope of what is to come. You know, we believe in not just life after death, but life after life after death. Uh, One of my favorite phrases, I think N.T. Wright kind of quoted that in in his book, The Resurrection of the Son of God, Uh, the hope of the new heavens and the new earth and a new physical physical reality and a new physical body as Christ has been raised. So too, will we be raised? So what makes you the most excited about that resurrection reality? I think quickly approaching Brady. Um, just how glorious it's going to be and how I'm going to not only see friends and family up there, but also just that is where our foundation and that is where our hope is. Um, I'm going to share a quick story. So my injury happened on a Friday night. I was supposed to come out of my coma that, uh, Monday I didn't come out. My mom was going to pick up my brother, Joe, from, I, I believe a church activity. It's not like he said, all right, see you later guys. You know, my brother's in the coma. Uh, but my mom knew that if he was at a church activity, especially as a middle schooler, he would be surrounded by people that can encourage him, lift him up and help him out through this difficult time. So my mom, while she was driving there, you know, said, Lord, adrenaline and your Holy Spirit got us through this weekend. Give me a sign of peace. Give me a sign of something that lets me know you're still here. And my mom said she felt the word hope fill her up and fill the car up. And she didn't know what the word hope meant, but she could feel it. So as you might know, and as other people listening uh, to this do know, uh, the word hope, it comes up a lot of time in scripture and says, those who have hope in Jesus Christ for eternal life, when they die, when they perish, will live forever with him in heaven. And my mom, you know, kept praying to God because I was in a coma for five weeks and, uh, almost died multiple times. And my mom was just said, you know, are you trying to prepare me for Brady? You know, my third eldest son to die. Talk to me, Lord. So it was too difficult for her to go to our uh, church that we went, you know, we're members at. So she went to University Lutheran Chapel and Pastor Bill uh, that Sunday, you know, she was just a guest and visitor. Pastor Bill, his sermon topic was hope. And he shared, you know, this, that, and a lot of scripture on hope. And at the end of the sermon, he said, hope is having to go through a lot of crap to come out to a good outcome. And my mom was just like, you know, thank you, Lord. I needed that. So, oh, oh boy. We're okay. (laughs) Give me a moment. (laughs) Stay with me. You're fine. He's going to pick up something in his room here. (laughs) Thank you for the play-by-play. Oh, yeah. I should have put this in my pocket. (laughs) What is it? It's a rock. And can you see what it says? 
Hope. Hope. It's a rock that hand out during my speeches that says hope. Um, just we need to hold on to that hope and not hope um, like became popular of hope in this person or anything else. Our hope is in Christ alone. And so, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we can't raise ourselves from the dead. We can't even give ourselves life in the womb. <laughs> All of this life is a gift and, and we're held by... By Christ, do we, do we baptize ourselves in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy no, we Spirit? No, we don't. Yeah, yeah. A pastor, or a, there's a means. There's an outside means through which uh, we are brought. We are brought in. I can't forgive my own sin, right? I need someone to pronounce the forgiveness of Christ uh, for me. Those are some of the best points of doctrine, actually, for us as the extra nos reality. Um, shout out to Flame. I had Flame on the the rapper Flame. I don't know if you met Flame at uh, at the LCMS convention, but yeah, I mean, it, it is all about him. We're very, very passive in this whole endeavor. And the quicker we realize that it's all about him and anything good that comes in our life is all by his power and might and strength. Like the better this life goes, the more freedom we have uh, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anything to add to that, Brady? It's just he deserves and needs to get all the glory, praise and honor. Um, yes. Because a lot of times when we're not focused on him, uh, life can be difficult. Life can suck. Uh, But when we are focused on him, um, you know, we just need to keep smiling. And people are going to be like, you know, what's different about you? Uh, Why are you smiling? You know, I see that you're going through this hard time. I see that you're suffering through cancer and everything. And we can say we're smiling because, um, we have the hope in the Lord in our hearts and our minds and in our soul. Um, and also we know that this isn't our final destination. We know that we will be with our risen and resurrected, uh, but also crucified Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And we're going to be spending eternity with him. So, you know, just so good. keep smiling, keep persevering through this, that, and everything else because um, life is difficult. Life isn't easy, uh, but we need to be thankful that we have the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's not, <laughs> there's a lot of places and maybe even some places that are hearing this right now where it's not uh, a right in their country to preach Christ crucified and Christ resurrected. So yep. thank yep. God Hope for of the America world, man. and God continue to bless America. Amen. Amen. Um, you use the word suck. This is a quasi edgy podcast. So we're called to embrace the suck and be sucked up into the arms of the savior. The only one who helps the suck make any sense at all. <laughs> So and let's talk about let's talk about the LCMS, uh, and I don't t- say that tongue in cheek about the the suck of the LCMS. But where are the where are the opportunities for growth for us as a church body? As you're a, a layman, but your wife is a called teacher, and you're you know you're a lifer. You you and I are multi generational. Um, you and I are like second third cousins, I think. Right? You're. Your mom, I can't remember. You can say the the lineage, how we're connected, you and Joe and I. But You're older um, than me, we, so you should know. I should know, Brady. I think your mom, 
Your mom's dad was the first cousin of my grandma. There you go. That's how we're connected. So I think that makes us like third cousins I'm, or something. I'm proud like that. of you. Yeah, thank you. So <laughs> t- tell tell me the story of uh, opportunities for growth as you take a take a look at your your church body. <laughs> um, you have like three hours, right? No, no. Yeah. I mean, just give me the high level, the summary. I'm just, I'm joking with you because as you know, um, I not only like to think small picture, but also thinking big picture is something that's important. Um, it it just, it, I don't want to go there. Um, but the Luth, yeah, our church body that, that God has called us to, um, there's some recovery and healing there um, because there was a break and I don't know half of the story and I'm still meeting different people and, you know, like, Hey, your name is Tim, right? Uh, because it's consistent. Uh, Eliana chooses where we sit and past couple Sundays, an individual has been like, you know, we, we greet each other and said, Oh, good morning, Brady. Nice to see you here. And I'm like, I wish I knew your name and I need to be bolder to be like, remind me your name and not be such embarrassed. But Hmm. the Lutheran church, our specific Lutheran church, um, they broke off and they're like, yeah, we don't like the leadership of this church. Hmm. And they broke off. And then a couple of years later, they saw that they couldn't sustain themselves. So they came back. And so there's still a lot of recovery from that. And like I said, I don't know half the story, um, but we have a pastor who's, you know, doing his best, trying his best, but um, all of us just need to um, stay in the word of God and then also just communicate with each other because it's fun when we assume and when we don't know half of the story um because yeah we my wife and i got our mortgage from the lutheran church extension fund and i had a really nice time uh lately listening to reverend tom and i'm not going to mispronounce his last name in your you know recent conversation with him and um but it's just we need to do more listening and then just walk with the boldness of knowing that life on this earth is short and yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin, but thanks be to God for Jesus Christ who forgives us for, for our sins. And thanks be to God for loving brothers and sisters. Like we should have in each other that are going to, you know, help us out and be like, did you really mean to say that? Or, you know, how can I help you? Yes. That was scattered, but yeah. No, no, no. I love how I ask like a wider LCMS question and you go directly to your local church because that's the heart and soul of what the LCMS is. And the highs and lows, the the good times and the struggles of being at the grassroots uh, trying to bring the gospel to our respective communities, that is that is the synod. Uh, we, we are the synod trying to bring bring word and sacrament to as many people people as possible. And and treating one another with kindness and respect and the appropriate level of, of you may say, kind poking and prodding toward adaptive change 
as we seek to reach people in an ever changing, uh, changing world. Do you think what what is your perspective toward Lutherans and, and change? And I'm not I'm not I think our slowness to change. I'll just say this is a gift and it's a it's a gap. Um, for us. And walking that middle line is a, a remarkable inv- invitation for us uh, today. So talk about Lutherans and change, Brady. Aren't those oxymorons? <laughs> but <laughs> shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you and that it shouldn't be. Uh, Lutherans and change, it can be difficult. I'm just, I'm thinking back. Um, before my injury, I wanted uh, yeah, let's go long story. Before my injury, I wanted to become a civil engineer. And then after my injury, I found out that I didn't like mathematics, but I liked doing this a lot more. So when I w- went to college, uh, spoke with a guidance counselor and told him I wanted to become a Christian counselor. And he said, no, you can't do that. I'm like what? And he's like, no, you can either be a Christian or you can be a counselor, but you can't be a Christian counselor. So, uh, yeah, I like how your face is telling me everything. Um, uh, and this guy was at least five, eh, maybe three inches taller than me. And have you ever heard of intimidating mustaches? He had an <laughs> yes. intimidating mustache. And so this is me less than two years from my recovery. I'm like, no, you do not understand. I'm going to become a Christian counselor. And he's also raising his voice. And my mom is in there with me like, Brady, you know, do not say anything that you can't take back. And then all of a sudden the door was open. All of a sudden his aide walks in, puts down a book for Concordia Seward or Concordia, Nebraska. And it says Christian counseling. So knowing that my brother, Matt, uh, gave me a book that said that the title was competent to counsel. And it talked about how Jesus, when he was counseling his disciples, a lot of time would be confronting and would try not try because when, you know, God does things, the earth moves and mm. the stone moves uh, from the, you know, where Christ was buried. Uh, but um, competent to counsel talks about how a lot of times when Christ was counseling others and counseling his disciples, he would be confronting to them. Uh, to help that change happen. And we can't be afraid of the change. Yes, uh, it's been done like this since, you know, uh, Lutheranism, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod was founded. Uh, But also we've seen when this change happens to this church body and that church body, uh, great and glorious things happen. Uh, Yeah, the membership might not be growing like, you know, we would like it to, but just think about, uh, just think more about people's hearts. Um, are they, you know, engaged in the church? Are they engaged? Are they uh, taking their kids to Bible study? Are they, you know, actively participating? Are they volunteering to help out with this and that? Are they serving on this board that I feel like, you know, has been empty, you know, only has two people on it, and they've been the two people on it since the foundation of the church. 150 years ago know that I'm joking of course <laughs> but because yeah. here on the here in you know upper Wisconsin we have churches that are 150 years old and so uh, and even older and celebrating our mm. birthdays then and I know mm. you on the west coast um, your churches aren't 
quite as old, but that's right. Uh, we got to realize that the foundation which we're coming from, which is uh, not only a Bible but also the small and large catechism, is such mm-hmm. just great foundation and it's great wisdom, uh, richer than yeah. gold. You know. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, the, I love that. The right level of of poking and prodding confrontation while staying in relationship with one another. That's the only, I mean, Jesus is the only one that, that does that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And we have the spirit of the risen Jesus um, that gives us the confidence and security in our baptism to then to have the difficult conversation. That's what I'm really praying for is that more leaders at the local level, synodical level and everywhere in between just embrace more difficult conversations rooted in our identity in Jesus. Um, and, and then we can disagree agreeably, be respectful and kind, knowing, knowing that the Lord holds us and holds our brother or sister that we may have a difference of opinion with in the palm, in the palm of his hand. May yeah, I ask you, you a question? That? Sure. Uh, what do you ask? You be afraid, be very afraid. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, go ahead. ULC. Um, what do you just absolutely, you know, I've seen that, uh, I've seen the change that it's done in Joe and how he's become such a stronger leader and his passion for scripture and passion just to remain in the word of God has been indoctrinated or just, you know, his boldness for scripture is even more richer, I think, because of the ULC and how it's helped him grow as a leader and everything. Um, oh, how do you think the ULC um, can continue to bless churches and pastors? And what areas do you think could be improved with the ULC? Oh, man. So, so much there. So I have no kind of um, glorious outcomes into the future in my, in my mind. Um, like, Ooh, everything's going to radically, radically change. I'm a family systems guy. Uh, and you've seen great great changes happen because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That approach of staying differentiated and connected and, and being able to speak for self in the midst of, um, the, the swirling forces of change and chaos that are within me and around me, you know, so using the systems language, I think we're one, one point of reference uh, in our wider church body that we're praying brings about conversations around healthy culture, uh, system adaptation, and then, and then in turn structure around our, our big why to multiply disciples of Jesus, to start new ministry, to reach lost people, um, and to be an incubator space where it's safe for people to build, measure, and, and learn that failure is not fatal, that we have this abundance mindset centered in our identity in Jesus, and that uh, churches would go on this learning journey that, that pastors would model this humility of, of saying, Hey, I don't have it all figured out. Um, I'm one guy here called and ordained servant of the word to proclaim the word of God for you. But everything that happens between the Sundays, between the hour of power, you know, in word and sacrament, I need a lot of help. And so I need to build team with diverse gifts and things to ha- bring people along. So I, I, I pray that more pastors would have the humility to go on a, a journey of lifelong learning 
you know, and to, oh. to realize I may know, I may know a little bit, Brady, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're awesome, dude. I may know a You're little bit. psyched up, bro. Sorry. <laughs> I may know, I may know a fair amount actually about theology, but there are mysteries and other disciplines that I need help with, you know? So just that humility to say, of- I learned. Yeah, I learned a lot at the seminary. I really did. But if I didn't continue to learn uh, as the world continues to change and and people's felt needs continue to evolve, I'm going to be a clanging gong and I'm be, I'm going to become legalistic really really fast. I'm going to have this small set of this is the way it should be. That sort of a mindset and it's going to it's going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to it's going to hurt the ministry. So there can be a pharisaical legalistic tendency in any organization. Mm-hmm. In yeah. any organization, right? This is the way we have done things. You better do this, but it's a means. We better get the end straight, right? These are all means toward an end. Liturgy is a really, really helpful. I'll just use this as an example. It's a really, really helpful thing. And at the very same time, show me in scripture where it was dogmatically laid out. This is the way you have to do it, right? So we can agree as brothers and sisters that there is a story that needs to be told in the liturgy, our baptismal reality, all the way to the blessing of God as we as we lead. And I think confession, absolution, the liturgy, divine service setting three is fantastic. But when we when we look to the means rather than to the end of the means, we're going to become Pharisees really, really fast. And that's what I I um, I don't fear. I don't I don't really li- live by fear, but I'm just observing that. And uh, I think that makes the heart of Jesus sad. And I think we can do by the Spirit's power better. So there you go. Is that is that um, helpful at all, Brady? Now, uh, you know that I know a couple of neurosurgeons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me about that. Uh, that answer blew my mind and I loved it. So yeah, I just want to say I might need to take some time to go visit a neurosurgeon because that answer. <laughs> that, no, man, it's, that, it's that, all that answer, Jesus. That Yeah. And all glory, praise and honor be to him. But I do want to say, wow, um, you had no idea that I was going to ask you that question. But just the response that I got from you was from the heart and from past experiences that you've had. And uh, just something that I think I need to say is fear. Oh, fear can be so crippling. Um, and you know, fear was in the beginning when Adam and Eve, you know, Mm -hmm. um, took the bite, you know, of the forbidden fruit and God was walking in the garden and we're, you know, mankind was hiding, Adam and Eve were hiding from him because we knew that we were naked. And, you know, God said, why were you hiding? And because it was naked. And Hmm. it's just, we, as Lutherans, that have this great foundation, um, this great, as LCMS, I should say, that have this great mm-hmm. foundation and this uh, great heritage. Yes, thank you. Um, we we don't need to be fearful of change. And if we change something and it's not working, guess what we can do? Uh, we can change it again. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we can say, hey, this worked. But let's never do that again and let's not even talk about it again. And if we talk about it, let's talk about how we can change it so we'll have better results. Hmm. 
There are uh, so good. I, I did a podcast on American Reformation with uh, Bill and Christy Galtier. They they wrote about healthy feelings, healthy faith is I think the mm-hmm. the emotion, and they they have four hurts. And so shout out whenever you take this in, go over to American Reformation and listen listen to that one because um, it was one of my favorite chats. But in their book, they identify four four hurts, and they're looking at the enneagram. And I'm not going to get into the enneagram right now, but there are different based on your your personality type. There are different hurts that are kind of the 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 one hurt that presents the presenting hurt. And then there's an underlying hurt that we Mm -hmm. all kind of share. And this blew my mind. So, uh, there's anxiety, there is anger, and then there is, um, shame, shame, anger. And we have one of these hurts that we present consistently. Uh, for me as an achiever, my, my presenting hurt is, is shame, right? Am I going to be discovered, you know, my identity can get wrapped up in what I do rather than who Jesus says I am. So other people have a presenting anger or, or anxiety, Anxiety. protective, protective mechanism. But this is what blew my mind. The core hurt Brady. And I think if we can get to this core hurt in our conversations, the better we're going to be. The underlying hurt is sadness. Mm. It's grief. Mm-hmm. It's grief. Things are not as they should they should be. And this is deeply eschatological, right? You're exactly right. Because of the fall, because of our rebellion, our relationship with God, self, others, and the rest of creation, it's not as it should should be. We shouldn't have to adapt. There should not be necessarily failure, you know, and, and striving and trying and, and getting beaten. This is not this is not as it should be. So any comment on this underlying emotion of of sadness and the quicker we, we get to empathy and care for one another and respecting one another's differences and their presenting hurts, um, the, the healthier we're going to be as individuals. Any any comment on that? Sadness happens every day, and I feel like it can be amplified and amplified by news. And then, you know, social media helps <laughs> and everything. Uh, but realizing, you know, realizing those three things, those. Um, yeah, hurts. Yeah, those three hurts, uh, but also realizing how we can still be joyful when we're sad, uh, knowing that life on earth is, you know, short yeah. compared to right. spending eternity with our glorious and resurrected Savior and the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. remembering who God has called us to be in our baptism um, and just remembering the richness of scripture. Mm, dude, like Brady. it talks about in Philippians, uh, you know, don't be anxious. Yeah. About anything. Yeah. And then everything <laughs> in with it, prayer, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. pray about these things. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in faith in Christ Jesus. Yes, peace is what the peace of the Prince of Peace is what moves us above, that seats us above where where Christ is. And that's what the Lutheran Church needs to put out there. Is yeah. um, what do we know about Lutherans? Yeah, they're 
they can be stuck in their ways. But we also, uh, you know, have the gospel of peace, the gospel of love and the gospel of hope in Christ for eternal life. And we need to, you know, get rid of any fear. We not get rid of any fear because fear can be good. Acknowledge it. Um, you know, just show how God can do great and glorious things. And when the, you know, when the disciples saw Jesus hanging on the cross, they thought it was over. And then that Sunday when Jesus was resurrected, the world changed. Amen. Amen. Brady, you changed me today. I am, uh, I'm closer to Jesus because I'm, I'm, I got closer to you today. And so did our, our listeners. Uh, God gave you a big brain, a powerful brain and, um, a, a brain that still needs to be used hands and feet and a mouth that still needs to be used until the Lord calls you home to, to glorify, glorify him. Uh, thank you for being a light bringer, a joy giver. Uh, thank you for being appropriately com- confrontational, um, and for, uh, your remarkable humility and, uh, the humility of time to help me, help me draw closer to Jesus today. If you want to connect with Brady, this is how you can do so Brady Barron, B-R-A-D-Y Barron, B-E-R-A-N at gmail.com. And you can go to his website, uh, www. It's not up the websites. Did you? Oh, oh, well, it will be in time, right? When your book is done. Get that book down, bro. Yeah, sorry. Now you sound like Joe because he always (laughs) bothers me. (laughs) Is your book done? And he's going to shame me by getting a book published himself. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. The ends of the LCMS. We had a conversation about that a while back. So shout out to Joe Barron and uh, the Brady Barron, the whole Barron clan, man. So much fun to hang out with you today. This is lead time. Sharing is caring. Please like subscribe, comment wherever it is you take in conversations like this. And we pray that the joy of the Lord is your strength and the hope of the resurrection is real in your life. Jesus is quickly, quickly coming go and love somebody today in in his name brady one, one last thought bro what do you got um if you want to find me um you can also find me on uh the facebook and also instagram, uh, instagram. but yeah i want to say right. uh thank you tim thank you to the audience and uh you know god continue to bless all of you uh god continue to bless the church especially the lutheran church missouri senate and let's continue to do as christ said uh Go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and make disciples of all nations. Amen. Boom. This is lead time. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Brady. You rock, man. Thank you all. Cast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC's mission is to collaborate with the local church to discover, develop, and deploy leaders through biblical Lutheran doctrine and innovative methods. To partner with us in this gospel message, subscribe to our channel, then go to theuniteleadership.org to create your free login for exclusive material and resources, and then to explore ways in which you can sponsor an episode. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. The Unite Leadership Collective is excited to announce the launch of our new online learning platform. Whether you're considering entering into ministry or already leading, we have the resources that you need to become an empowered leader in your ministry. Our learning platform will release new courses every quarter with our first available course, 
Becoming an Engaged Leader, available now. But by joining our monthly membership, you'll unlock unlimited access to all of our courses and gain entry into our exclusive coaching community space where ministry leaders can connect with each other. This community also grants you access to bi-weekly coaching calls led by the ULC team, private Zoom calls, and additional team discounts. To celebrate the launch, we're offering introductory rates for all of our courses and the monthly subscription plan. Just enroll prior to January 1st using the code 75ULC2023 to get 75% off at checkout. Visit the uniteleadership.org to learn more about our online learning platform and start your journey to lead effectively in any church settings today.